0: You are now listening to the Fantasy Whisper Podcast with your hosts, Johnny Game Time Hicks and Big Travi. Why, hello, and welcome to the Fantasy Whispers Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Johnny Game Time Hicks, and on the other side of the mic, we got my main man, Big Travi. We are so pumped for today's episode. We are talking those 11 through 20 quarterbacks. Travis, how excited are you for this episode? I mean, I'm pretty excited, Johnny. We're talking
1: about the guys, basically, that you're going to get your best bargain for when we're talking about for fantasy quarterbacks, because the pool is so deep. We're looking at guys 11 through 20. I mean, you and I had a hard time ranking these guys just because of how deep the field is. You look down and you go, oh my God, why is this guy so low? I mean, that's just the talent that's in the field. So if we are telling you, and most of the f- fantasy community is going to be telling you to wait on quarterback, these are the guys you're going to be looking at to make that bargain and return some of that value in the later rounds.
0: Absolutely. We're going to definitely touch on a little bit of strategy in this episode. But first, Travis, I got a question for you. All right. You know that I'm a big fan of the Bachelorette. Do you, do you like it as much as I do? Uh, I can't say that that's my
1: uh, guilty pleasure there, Johnny. But I now know that we are, what is it, seven episodes deep, and you've mentioned The Bachelorette about three times. So,
0: hey, I got to do it. I got to give a shout out to it, you know? That's yeah. why I, my pastime with my, my peeps. Maybe we'll get a mention
1: on The Bachelorette.
0: Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> I don't All know. right. But before we jump into this episode, I wanted to remind you guys if this is your first time joining us, Thank you so much. Please leave a comment while we're doing our Facebook Live. We'd love to answer a question of yours or to give you a shout-out. If you want more fantasy football content, visit our website, thefantasywhispers.com. You can also subscribe to our podcast on Google Play or iTunes, as well as Stitcher. Catch us on Twitter, at TFWhispers, and you're here on live on Facebook, where we will be every single Tuesday night. You mentioned YouTube.
1: I just want to tell everybody about our new series we launched this Monday, uh, so yesterday, and that is Mock Draft Monday. Every Monday night, or actually every Monday day, we will be revealing a new mock draft and different strategies, different league styles, different league sizes. We'd love to see if you guys could get going on that, and then leave us some comments and feedback on that and which styles you'd like to see done next.
0: All right, you ready, Travis? You ready to jump in here? All right. news and notes from around the nfl all right travis i had to do a little news and notes section we had a couple of awesome fantasy relevant news come out today first one and probably the biggest in my heart (laughs) as we talked about in our previous episode espn chris mortensen is starting to believe carson wentz will be ready for week one travis will you finally admit that you will rank Wentz higher than Deshaun Watson if he's good to go on week one?
1: Well, Johnny, uh, it's Tuesday, but you clearly still have your man crush Monday working with Carson Wentz. As I see, you could not go another episode without talking about him. But here's the deal. I did raise Wentz in my rankings that will be released this week. So you guys can all see that when you go online. I did raise him there. Speaking on news and notes about quarterbacks though. Deshaun Watson also got some good news today. Looks like he will not be starting the year on the pup list. So two of our guys that we like very much we might be going head to head on this year are both looking like they could be ready for the opener. I couldn't be more excited about both of their outlooks for this fantasy season.
0: For sure, for sure. And then speaking Tuesday, Titans offensive coordinator Matt LaFleur, which we will touch on in a little bit in this episode. Whispers, whispers, uh, said he views both Derrick Henry and Dion Lewis at his 1A and 1B backs. Travis, let the fantasy people know what this means
1: uh rbbc running back by committee uh we have seen this story before and i just feel so bad for derrick henry and the derrick henry lovers it after what looked like such a great off season where they got rid of demarco murray it was time for henry to take over boom in comes Dion lewis who is honestly a more versatile back than derrick henry he can run uh, on those first and second downs, and he can catch the ball. Henry is not as skilled in those situations. So I, I kind of say that I, I'm i kind of trying to avoid this backfield if it's going to cost me too much. If it's going to cost me the value of a main running back for either of those guys, I'm avoiding for right now.
0: Yeah, I think I'm going to have to agree with you on that. It definitely makes me more concerned about Derrick Henry, especially because he's going in the second round currently. All right, Dalvin Cook has been getting reps in team drills at OTAs. you got to like what you're hearing here. You know, Dalvin Cook was looking like a real stud, a real steal of a pick last year until he went down. So anytime you hear news like this, it does make me a little bit more certain about my rankings I have for Dalvin Cook and the potential that he has in that backfield.
1: Yep, he's on that running back one borderline, and I don't see any reason why he wouldn't, stay there or shoot up into the top 10 for sure with this news and as training camp unfolds. So,
0: so I got two more bits of news and I just want to get your take on it, Travis, and then we'll jump into our episode. we got the Carolina Panthers coach Ron Rivera said Christian McCaffrey is able to handle a big workload. Uh, are you buying this? Are you raising your rankings of Christian McCaffrey? You know, Not currently- just yet. Yeah. For me, I got to see
1: it a little bit into the training camp into preseason. i I'm not sure that he can handle a big load. Like he's not a big back. And I don't know what, if this is just coach speak and he's talking big load as in like more uh, looks in the passing game. But I I have to be sure that he's not talking about this guy being their feature back. So we'll just kind of see how that plays
0: out. And then the last bit of news here is, according to the Palm Beach Post, Dolphins coach said few, if any, players have spent more time in the building than Devontae Parker since last season ended. It's notable because Parker doesn't have a great reputation for work ethic. Travis, are you going to buy into this hype train again this summer? Or are you like I am? And I'm a little bit tired of the news that comes out of Miami every single summer, prepping this guy up saying he's going to be an awesome number one wide receiver and every year we're disappointed.
1: Yeah. I'm kind of over the hype train. I'll let it leave the station. In my opinion, we have been kind of playing this game with Devonte Parker for about three or four seasons in a row. Of When is he going to get ready? When is he going to be there? Will he be the guy? And he just keeps disappointing to me. We're talking about quarterbacks being so deep wide receiver could be just as deep this year. And there are other guys you can spend your time and spend your lottery tickets on,
0: other than Devonte Parker. In absolutely. my opinion. absolutely, absolutely, I, I am agreeance there. All right, you ready to jump into this awesome episode? And Let's do it. Fantasy whispers of these eleven through twenty quarterbacks out. Rock and roll. All right, coming in at number eleven on our list. Consensus, we got Philip Rivers. Travis, you want to kick this one off for the Fantasy Whispers?
1: Let's do it. <clears throat> Phillip Rivers, the Los Angeles Chargers, Phillip Rivers, finished number eight in all the Fantasy last year. Um, if you're looking at standard scoring and four touchdowns per game, he threw for 4,515 yards, and he was good for second in the NFL last year at that mark, and 28 touchdowns, which was good for fifth. I think my biggest concern, Johnny, is the fact that Gates left, and now Hunter Henry is done. And if you look at the targets that's 104 targets combined that the two of them had and it was about 18 percent of the target share 19 percent of his whole total yards thrown so to me it's a good chunk and i don't know how they're going to replace that i don't know if it can all be keenan allen because keenan allen had a monster year last year too so for me where is that 20 percent going to come from or i'm a little hesitant on them i've got them down at 14 in my rankings not quite there I start seeing, you know, maybe they, you know, who knows, Chargers go and pick up Des Bryant or get another weapon or something like that. We could be talking about something else, but for me right now until they maybe do sign Gates back, uh, I got to see some additional weapons before I rank them higher.
0: Okay. I, this guy never gets any respect. And I, (laughs) and I, and I can't stand it any longer. This guy has finished last season time. He finished last season tied with Tom Brady And Russell Wilson for the highest percent of finishes in the top 12 for quarterback that played all 16 games. So 67 percent. He has finished as a top 12 fantasy quarterback eight out of 10 years that he's played. Most people will not. They don't they don't look at his line of work. They just think of his down years and the two down years that he had were he didn't have a dominant wide receiver. That was Vincent Jackson back in the day went down, he got injured, and then his most recent one a couple of years ago, if you remember, Keenan Allen was having a pretty monster year and then had this freakish incident where he, like, lacerated his kidney. He had a bunch of other injuries to his wide receivers. So those were the only two times in his entire career he wasn't a top-12 quarterback. And then you're, telling, you're, you're talking about targets. He doesn't have targets. He's got Melvin Gordon who can catch out of the backfield. He's got Keenan Allen. Yes, I do expect Keenan Allen to jump up and make uh, a little bit more in reception yards there and and get a couple more uh, uh, receiving catches. Mike Williams. Do you forget about this guy uh, being throwing the ball from your, your beloved Deshaun Watson not too long ago? So he's got that. And then Travis Benjamin. Say what you want about Travis Benjamin, but he could really stretch a field. I don't think there's a lack of weapons at all for Phillip Rivers. I'll take him late in drafts if people want to sleep on him and I'll be confident. Uh, The chargers don't give up that many sacks. So you're looking at a lot of options uh, as far as, you know, not, not losing yards. So I don't, I don't see what, what the issue is with Phillip rivers and why people hate him so much.
1: Yeah. I mean, I get what you're saying, but like, other than Mike Williams, who was injured a lot of last year, he had all those weapons last year, and yet still he hit the tight end for about 18% of the target share and 19% of his total yards thrown. So I'm just saying, like, he, you're saying he doesn't take a lot of sacks, but he does throw a lot of interceptions, and so is he going to throw even more interceptions given the fact that his safety blanket is gone? Look, I think you and I both believe they'll probably sign Gates before this offseason is over, okay. so I will probably raise Phillip Rivers in my rankings based on that but right now without a you know surefire tight end or somebody that they know of uh, or that he knows of throwing the ball i it's it's a little bit scary with that much of the target share going
0: okay fair enough all right we're gonna jump here into the number 12 quarterback that we have a little bit of controversy here travis what is your fantasy outlook for Jameis winston this year
1: Well, I'm a little bit skeptical that he might even hit the field this year, or it could be a situation where he's on the field for the first couple games and the NFL kind of slaps a suspension on. him. Um, If we're talking strictly fantasy, he's never been inside the top 10 at the position. His best finish was 10th, and that was on his rookie year. His off-the-field conduct is a little bit troubling, and not just a little bit, it's kind of a lot of it. The NFL has still yet to contact the Buccaneers about the Uber driver incident that he had in March of 2016. And then just now in February, he was cited for careless driving. So it's kind of, it's, it just kind of stinks of Ezekiel Elliott's situation last year. Obviously, there's not a suspension that we have in the, on the books, but he continues to do things off the field that does not shine good light on him in those situations. But if we're looking at a strictly fantasy standpoint, he injured his shoulder in week six and spent seven weeks nursing that injury last year. If we took all the other games of last year, which were eight of them, he averaged 20.5 points per game, which would have been number four at the position in that span. He also threw on an average 314 yards per game during that stretch. And if you stretch that out, extrapolate it on the season, he'd be number one for the full year. I like the value that comes with Winston's ADP, but this guy is a head case and that he could be out of the league at any point or for any amount of time.
0: Yeah, there's definitely a risk involved when when drafting Jameis Winston, but when you look at him as his line of work, it is very intriguing. And the spot that you're currently getting him in fantasy football draft mock drafts is very enticing. Um, He could be one of the top five best weapons surrounding him you know he, he has a very good offensive scheme and you know he's got mike evans deshaun jackson cameron bray or oj howard and then the rookie ronald jones which should help move the ball on running play so it's not so much one-sided of a bunch of throws like you stated before he threw for 3,500 yards in 13 games that's on par with about four four to five thousand yards passing and That's what he normally gets right around 4,000 yards. He can really chuck the ball. He just he needs to throw more than 30 touchdowns to be relevant as far as a consistency standpoint. If you're looking for Jameis Winston as a guy that you want to spot start or, you know, you want to play the quarterback carousel, be careful of drafting this guy because he starts off with a really difficult schedule. He plays the saints and the Eagles, a couple of really tough defenses. So if your idea is to kind of pick him up in the beginning, stream him, see if he's good. And then if not to cut his bait, it might be a little bit risky because it's, you're not going to get a really good judgment call against the saints and the Eagles, unless he really shows up and shows out, then, then you'll be, you know, hitting fantasy gold, but, or the opposite, you won't be able to get a piece of that. So, I don't know. For me, it's just a little bit risky. Um, If I'm if I'm feeling feeling like taking that risk, I might take him as like a quarterback two, a second option. But I don't know about my number one pick here. All right. So we're going to get Andrew Luck here at number 13.
1: You've got to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you punk?
0: All right, Travis. Do you feel lucky? Well, I'd feel a lot more lucky if
1: I could get some footage of Andrew Luck throwing a football. But right now, it doesn't look like that's happening. Last time, if you if you break down the times that we've seen Andrew Luck since 2012, he finished QB8 in 2012, he finished QB7 in 2013, QB1 in 2014, and QB4 in 2016. And then... Well, if you back it up one year two, 2015, he got injured in week three and he played through 15 and, and 16. And then he kind of, you know, took that dip last year and he hasn't thrown a football since October of 2017. So right now I'm working under the inception that he's going to eventually throw a football later this mm-hmm. summer. What I've been reading right now is that the reason last year went so horrible is he botched his recovery mm-hmm. and they rushed him back before he was ready. So he is telling everybody, and I think the culture now on finally on the same page with him on that, is he is going to take this as slow and methodical as possible so that he makes sure he comes back correct. Now I think you and I are both in agreement that this guy is a top 10, maybe top five quarterback if he's fully healthy and and you know up to a hundred percent. I think the game now is waiting to see if we get that. We were lucky enough to get good news on Deshaun Watson and Carson Wentz just today. If we got similar news like that in a couple weeks to a month, a couple months, I think you got to start moving him up and thinking about, you know, the top tier of quarterbacks for Andrew
0: Luck. I definitely think that if he if there's word that he's going to play week one, I definitely am going to move him up. He will be a top four quarterback for me. If you saw the picture that came out, you sent it to me the other day. I mean, he looks completely jacked. I don't understand. Like how, yeah, I don't understand how you could lift that heavy, but yet not still not be able to throw a football. It doesn't really make sense to me. But when you talk about his play, all right, he just he just gets the uh, offensive coordinator Frank Wright from the Philadelphia Eagles, and he will continue to call the plays when he comes over to the Colts. That. Same offensive coordinator generated the third highest scoring offense in the league. You definitely got to like that for Carson Wentz or sorry, I got Carson Wentz. Oh my mind. God. <laughs> you definitely got to like We're that. We're going to
1: rename the show, the Carson Wentz show. <laughs> All
0: right. You got to like that for Andrew Luck. Um, if you go back to 2016, he had t- 10 QB one finishes and only four games where he busted he, he lost a super reliable tar- target in Dante Moncrief. However, they did pick up Ryan Grant from Washington, which has a little bit of size. He's about 6'2". You got Eric Ebron, which is why I'm so concerned with Jack Doyle there as a, as a tight end. I'm not super sold on him simply for the fact that he has Eric Ebron now. And they have Kamar Aiken, who not so long ago was a pretty decent uh, wide receiver for Baltimore. So they got Hakeem Hines, who is a very good wide receiver out of the backfield. Think of him as the Corey Clement role. If Andrew Luck is throwing before the season starts, he's definitely top three for me. And I would love to draft him.
1: Okay, I just got a comment here. And this is something I want to ask you, Johnny. So Lisa uh, commented that Andrew Luck is not the same Andrew Luck he will never play like he did before his injuries. So is this a concern at all for you? I know that this, especially the shoulder injury is a is a concern that people do not come back the same, especially on their throwing shoulder.
0: Are you concerned if he gets out there and starts throwing that
1: he's going to not have what
0: he had before? I'm going to say no and that and for the fact that he's he's young. If he was a little bit older and more in his career, then I I would definitely be way more cautious but he's, he's relatively young when you're talking about a football life and, and it looks like he's in great shape. So I'm going to say if he, if he can come back and, and he gets okayed by the doctors, I'm, I'm full go with him. He'll definitely, I have no worries. Move on to number the 14th overall quarterback. A lot of questions on our last show about him, Travis, tell me what you, what you found in your research. Do you like Matt Ryan this year? So
1: Matt Ryan, Matty Ice. Um, I think that sometimes people get enamored with recency bias. And a couple years ago, he was the MVP and he finished third in fantasy football. And so people assume that he should have gotten to somewhere in that top five again this year. Well, first of all, he lost Kyle Shanahan, his offensive coordinator to the San Francisco 49ers. So they had a year with Sarkeesian. And so my thing is, is that a second year for Ryan should allow him to get a little bit better under Sarkeesian. I think the possibility, or they got possibly the best, most ready wide receiver from college football and Calvin Ridley last year. I think that both he and Julio Jones, uh, Matt Ryan and Julio Jones are both positive regression candidates. So they both did not see a lot of scores, especially scores together last year. I like that number to go up. Second, I just think that if the running game can stay healthy, like, Last year, there was some banged up times for Tevin Coleman and, you know, Devontae Freeman with the knee injuries. I think if they can stay healthy, that should help Matt Ryan. So right now I have Matt Ryan borderline at uh, 11, almost in the top 10. You know, if you look back at his finishes in the last few years, it's been 14th last year, third the year before, 18th, 7th, 11th, and 14th. So i like him to be somewhere around the 10 to 15 range. Right now I like 11th.
0: So... I have him currently in my, my rankings as the number 15 quarterback. And I'm very confident with, I try, I went back after a lot of people were scrutinizing and and wondering why we had Matt Ryan so low. And I went back and I'm sorry, I just could not rank him above anybody else that I have above him. He has only thrown over 30 touchdowns one time in his career. Granted, he will throw over 4,000 yards. Absolutely, 100%. I can say it very guaranteed that he will throw over 4,000 yards. He does have the 10th easiest schedule for quarterbacks this year. His third year bus rate is about 58%, which is why this concerns me. You touched on it, and you said, you know, a lot of people have recency bias, and I think this is a, a very common thing that happens in fantasy football. People are so enamored with that two thousand or the the season a couple of years ago, and when you look at it at his line of work as a whole, that year was such an anomaly that I don't see him ever getting back up there. I mean you would definitely need to get a ten touchdown year out of Julio Jones, which I'm not saying is out of the realm of possibilities definitely can happen, but in order for that, you would need that to happen you would need four to five touchdowns to come out of that backfield as far as dink and dunk passes. And then you've got to get some of these other guys to new your tight end and your new weapon to also average like eight touchdowns a piece. I just, I don't think there's enough quality talent there and nor do I think that they're willing enough to put it in the hands of Matt Ryan when they're in the red zone so often. So for me, I cannot move him above. I like all the guys that I have ranked above him. And so for me, I can't trust him enough to to say that he should be above 15.
1: Yeah, I think that if there's a year to believe that they can get Julio more involved in the touchdowns, I think when they draft a guy like Calvin Ridley who can help bring double coverage off of Julio, I think you have a shot this year. I just think that, you know, Sarkeesian has to come in and say, I'm going to use this giant behemoth of a wide receiver and Julio in the red zone. The problem is, is we just haven't seen it for the last few years. So I I, you'd be drafting mostly on hope that the Julio connection is going to be a lot of uh, alive and strong this year. So, yep.
0: All right. Getting into our next quarterback. We've got the GQ model himself, and that is Jimmy G. All the girls are screaming everywhere right now at the mention of his name. Travis, this guy was on pace for 5,000 yards yet. He still only had 19 touchdowns. To me, San Francisco 49ers are an island of misfit toys in San Francisco. No big name guys. Other, I mean, Pierre Garçon, if you want to call him a big name, I guess. Um, but you do have very, very efficient players. No, So no need for big names. You know, you have Pierre Garçon, who's the 11th best wide receiver against man. He's the 26th best receiver against zone and then 21st best receiver against press coverage so you're talking about a guy who if you check out our mock draft monday we we talked about him and we drafted him in a couple leagues or a couple of our teams and we got him late we're talking eighth round i think we got him so when you're talking about that kind of production i definitely like it and then you bring in the dual threat running back and Jarrett mckinnon who will give a chance to be an rb1 i think and a workhorse and If you look at his line of work, it should coincide with how they played in Atlanta, as you touched on about Atlanta's head coach just previously. But you definitely want to be cautious when drafting him. He does have some mechanical issues that when he's out scrambling, he does tend to not set his feet. He tries to use his arm too much. That kind of stuff, when when teams have game film, that kind of stuff can get you in trouble. So you can start seeing those interceptions go way, way up.
1: Yeah, there's a lot to like, though, about Jimmy Garoppolo, and that's where I'm at. So you mentioned a couple things about him scrambling, but you know, in that clean pocket, he's kind of a beast. I mean, that 5-0 record as a starter, he had a healthy 8.8 yards per attempt, 1,542 yards and six touchdowns while completing 70% of his passes in that span. So he has this calm demeanor. He, had also fin- he also completed 62.3 percent of his passes under pressure. He needs like n- there's little to no improvement on his offensive weapons, like we spoke about, and he kind of doesn't have a deep ball. He had 12 deep balls last year, and he only completed one of those. So these are those throws over 20 yards. Right. So I'm a little concerned there. But a second year of Shanahan, who, like you said, he hand-picked Jarek McKinnon to come in and help that short passing game. And the dink and dunk and the running game. I, I like that to, to continue. And I like I like Jimmy G. I think he's one of those guys that can sneak into the top 10 um if he if everything kind of breaks his way this year.
0: Yeah, I think that's definitely a possibility of an outcome. All right, we're gonna jump into our number sixteenth ranked quarterback here. And Travis, I'm gonna say it right now. Get the hype train going. Tell us why we should all be looking into Patrick Mahomes as a possible sleeper this year?
1: Well, a few things about him, because we don't know much, given that Alex Smith was the man in Kansas City last year. But if you look at his time in Texas Tech, he was a top 15 in passer rating. He had the second highest accuracy rate from a clean pocket at 82.9%. And pro football focus had 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 him as their second overall graded quarterback just behind Baker Mayfield. So if you spin it to the NFL and why it's such a good fit, I mean, you've got to look at the fact that he is probably the most exciting value at the QB2 position. He has a bazooka for an arm. He can run the football. So you're kind of looking at a guy who just can do it all. And you look at a team in the Chiefs who are loaded. They trade away Alex Smith and then they grab Sammy Watkins. They have Sammy Watkins, Tyreek Hill, Kareem Hunt, Travis Kelsey, I mean, those are amazing weapons for this kid to come in and throw to. If he fails, it won't be because of his supporting cast. And the biggest thing for me is we all knew his talent. We knew that he could throw the ball. We knew he could run in situations. Uh, But the coaches are now gushing over the fact that the Mahomes has picked up the offense really well. His play recognition, his play calling, his motions and shift, his passing was always there. But what about the other stuff? And then you saw this They just go out and trade Alex Smith away. I think they know what they have in Patrick Mahomes, and everybody should know what they have in Mahomes, which is a QB two with a really high shot at sneaking in to uh, the
0: top. All right, Travis, I held this back. It was supposed to be on the news and notes, but I'm going to go ahead and play it. This is actual audio from the OTAs coming from Kansas City right now. Right today, this has happened.
1: How much you want to make a bet I can throw a football over the mountains?
0: <laughs> That's exactly right. He was so pumped at practice that he was trying to bet Andy Reid to bet that he could throw the ball over the mountain. And you know what? I think he could do it. I honestly do. <laughs> and when it comes to this year's fantasy outlook, oh my gosh, Patrick Mahomes is gonna be a hot target when it comes to draft day. Think of Donovan McNabb's body. With Brett Favre's arm. That is just outstanding. And it makes me just so excited for his fantasy outlook for not only
1: this year. What was the first part?
0: Donovan McNabb's body. So, you with I just wanted you to repeat that you
1: want us all to think about Donovan McNabb's body.
0: <laughs> hey, don't just no, Donovan, Donovan, right? talking about
1: Carson Wentz and you got a crush on Donovan McNabb. You oh. got to think for
0: Eagles quarterbacks, bro. Hey, maybe I do. Maybe I do. All right. So, essentially, Patrick Mahomes is a rookie uh, quarterback coming into league. He only played one game last year. So, you can't really gauge a whole lot off of that. You're going to say he's a rookie in all sense of the word. Okay, so, but since 2011, Andy Reid has only had a QB one, two times. So, is that more to say about Alex Smith, or is that more to say about Andy Reid and how he's so inconsistent with the way he runs his offense? Don't get me wrong, Andy Reid is a genius when it comes to his offensive mind and his offensive schemes, but what worries me is that, and we saw it from time to time last year with Kareem Hunt. Where all of a sudden it just disappeared for no reason. It was like, why are you not giving the ball to Cream Hunt, or why are you not passing screen passes to Cream Hunt? And I think the same might be for Patrick Mahomes this year. I do love his weapons. When you talk about all the all the you know toys that he has to throw to, I just think, yeah, Mahomes plus Tyreek deep ball for days. I yeah, I totally agree. I agree, one hundred percent. And you also have Sammy Watkins there, who I think we've seen have a huge year. Um, We had a comment
1: down the way from Brett Zabo about the defenses in that division. Does that kind of concern you at all? San Diego's defense has improved. Denver's defense got improved in the draft. And then Oakland has got Gruden there trying to – and he picked uh, Gunther from Cincinnati. So do you think the improved defenses could stop or
0: hinder the growth of Patrick Mahomes? I – I don't think it will hinder. I think overall, it'll make him a better fantasy quarterback. He does have one of the worst quarterback schedules. And if you're looking pre-season, you know, pre of the season, he definitely has one of the most difficult uh, schedules. So that does make me concerned. Like I said, I'm probably not going to draft him because someone is going to believe in that hype and they're going to draft him a little bit too early. And I just, he's too much of a flight risk right now for me to to draft our quarterback however if he's performing like you know Deshaun Watson was last year or you're gonna make of Carson Wentz oh, uh, yeah. then then yes I would love to pick him up but I'm probably not going to be drafting him
1: I'll be tweeting Carson Wentz tomorrow to see if he wants to join you on this show since hey, you love him so oh my much,
0: gosh dude if you can make that happen I would, <laughs> yeah that would so be the awesome. show would okay. be you fantasy whispering into Carson Wentz's ear all day yep Absolutely. All day, every day. Twice on Sunday, as I say. All right. Moving into the 17th quarterback, we have Marcus Mariota. Travis, what's the lowdown on Marcus Mariota for you? Uh, Similar to
1: Mahomes, because of his running ability, his floor should be relatively high. However, we've just seen very inconsistent play out of Mariota. 19 touchdowns in 2015, 26 in 2016, and then he went back down to 13 last year. So he's kind of all over the place. His regression last year, even though the team was better in my eyes, they had better talent last year than he's ever had there. That was really, I just remember being really excited about Mariota's prospects last year and he just kind of fell through. The Titans add Deion Lewis and remove DeMarco Murray. Lewis is the more elusive back than DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry, so he should help because he can pass the ball and break tackles with ease. I'm also interested to see if Corey Davis can stay healthy, uh, because it would be a boost to Mariota's value if that were to happen. But I think the biggest boost to Marcus's uh, value this year is the fact that the Titans snagged offensive coordinator from the Rams last year, Matt LaFleur. Play action dominant style uh, that LaFleur runs is basically uh, what got Goff so much success. And then you look at Matt Ryan's MVP year, who was the quarterback coach? Matt LaFleur. So I just think that there's there's room here for growth with Mariota if he gets in the right mindset, and LaFleur could be that mindset.
0: Absolutely. I, I agree 100%. I actually have Marcus Mariota as one of my sleepers for the year. I really like his the scheme that he's coming into. Like you said, you talk about LaFleur and what he's done to fantasy quarterbacks. Then you look at you know Marcus Mariota – over his career has completion percentage of 70%. That is outstanding. And when you're talking about the offensive scheme that he runs, it's getting out in the open like you said and then being super accurate with your throws. And we've we've seen over his career that he's very very good and very accurate when he gets outside of that pocket. He also has the ability to run, so you get that floor you know, it raises up a little bit more, you know, that you have a little bit of a a fall there that you might not have with other quarterbacks. He does have some very good weapons. In my opinion, I think Corey Davis coming into a second year, I look for him to make a giant leap and he's also got um, Richard Matthews and Delaney Walker is still there. So there is that, there is the downside to say though, that Marcus Mariota has never finished in the top 12 of fantasy quarterbacks at the end of the year. So you do want to take note of that. He will be a risk, but to me, he's one of those guys that I would definitely be willing to take the risk on. All right, coming in at number 18, one of the most controversial. We're going to get boos. We're going to get likes. We're going to see those reactions go nuts. But here he is, Dak Prescott, and here we go. How about them Cowboys?
1: cowboys? (laughs) Yeah, Dak Prescott was a tough one for me. Coming into this season without doing all of my research for this episode yet and just having my basic knowledge of the last couple of years, I knew Dak was a very consistent guy if you look as far as where he finished at the end of the year. Where he wasn't as consistent is from year to year. You look at the, <clears throat> the jump that he made, he went from turnovers from four in his rookie year to 13 the next year. His yard per game went from 229 to 207 he had one less touchdown but nine more interceptions but completion Travis,
0: who who was he missing for like half of the year
1: yeah that's uh he was yeah i mean he missed zeke a, a little bit oh, for sure oh, he was also,
0: oh he missed he, zeke he was also oh, missing God.
1: linemen and like i just don't think that
0: <laughs> how wait, how how good is zeke can you just let the people know how zeke well, is awesome okay zeke Thank... is a top tier talent absolutely so what i'm talking about what I'm talking
1: about is a guy who lost two weapons last year or after last after this year, two of his favorite weapons in okay. Jason Witten and Des Bryant. Okay. Okay. He lost over two hundred targets between 2016 and 2017. And it could be a lot of pressure on, you know, they only brought in Alan Hearns to be the man, and they, you know, they drafted Corey Gallup too. But oh I, yeah. I,
0: I you're you're confusing me because Didn't we just talk about on mock draft Monday how Hearns was pretty much identical in stat lines of Des Bryant? He was
1: better than Des Bryant in a lot of categories last year. Yeah.
0: So, even better for me and my argument here. He gets back Zeke, who is a top three running back. If you look at our rankings, we have him marked as such. Then you also add on the fact that he's going to get back his left tackle, who is one of the best left tackles in the entire league. When you add those pieces, you're looking at a guy who has, over the last two years, has had a bust rate of only 44%. That is tied for the fourth fewest over that span, and he would be third if it wasn't for your Deshaun Watson sneaking up there with only seven games so that's like a little bit of a joke there. I would put him as a number three because he's played more games in only seven games out of 24. So that's 29%. So, not including, not counting the ones Zeke was out for, he did not finish. He, uh, he finished as a QB one. He never did that, even when Zeke was in there. That's the one downside I will give you for Dak Prescott. But that's the reason why he's not a top five quarterback for me is because he doesn't seem to have that next level, but he's super consistent when you're talking about from week-to-week week production when he has Zeke and when he has his left tackle. To me, I have him up a lot higher than what we have consensus here, but this just goes to show, hold on, I would just want to say this, this just goes to show that you can have a quarterback like Dak Prescott, who we have a big debate about, And he's our 18th ranked quarterback. That's how deep this position is.
1: Yeah. I mean, you talk about with Zeke or without Zeke, he had Zeke for a lot of, or for a few of those last 10 games of the year. And he only threw a touchdown in six of those games. So I'm just saying like you, you hit it on the head there. Yeah. He's, he doesn't bust very often, but he also doesn't reach the top tier very often either. He's not going to throw you three touchdowns. uh, You know, he's not going to, run all over the place he might run for a touchdown here or there but like he is not an elite a guy that's going to touch elite so elite status so for me i i got him like you said you can get a ton of these guys that are down here like this he's just another one of the deep uh, pool of quarterbacks that are down here from 11 to 20.
0: all right talking about elite quarterbacks which i think you probably think this next one is (laughs) tell me about jared goff your boy Your second favorite team down there in L.A., Jared Goff.
1: Jared Goff. Well, he went from zero to hero, from bust to, you know, badass pretty much. Uh, His rookie season, he was a nobody. And last year, he tied for fifth in the league with 28 touchdowns. He threw for 3,809 yards. He also completed 62.1% of his passes And I think that every morning he gets up and he prays to God, thank you for bringing Sean McVay to Los Angeles. 2018, he was the 12th best fantasy quarterback, but he was only really inside the top 10 three times. So on a per game basis, it's not like that he was wowing you each and every week. He just had some big weeks as that offense did. So I just think that he's not as consistent as some of our other guys that we're gonna have here. And I don't know if you can see the same production happen um, that the Rams did last year. I would love if that happened, but um, it might be a little unrealistic.
0: Yeah, I'm in agreeance there. I have him way low. And that's for the fact that you look at what Todd Gurley did last year, it was unbelievable. He had, he accounted for six touchdowns of Goff's 28 total touchdowns. I do expect that number to go down. He only had 3,800 passing yards, which is a little bit concerning considering how many of those actual passes were breakaway touchdowns and breakaway runs. That does make me concerned for his van- fantasy value. And then you want to also take a note. A lot of what he was doing was not necessarily him reading a uh, defense. It was, it was his head coach calling in the plays, he would see what the offense or the defense was setting up, he would call an audible to Jared Goff, Goff would check out and then he would run the play. Teams will check into that this year and they're going to wait until they're going to show a false front, they're going to wait till after 15 seconds and then which the the headset comes off for the quarterback and then they're going to audible to another coverage set and then they're going to make Jared Goff read the defense, which I do not think he can do yet. We saw that we uh, in his first year now I know Jeff Fisher's terrible coach, but I'm just saying I do expect him to regress. All right, so we're gonna jump into our very last quarterback of the show number 20. Travis, tell me about Alex Smith and make me feel good about Alex Smith because that's the gonna moment be,
1: yeah it's gonna be hard to do Johnny. Uh, he goes from that completely loaded roster that we were gushing for Patrick Mahomes over to the Washington Redskins. Not a lot to deal. do there, not a lot of weapons there to deal with. For me, besides maybe Jordan Reed, that's the only guy I really like. I do like Chris Thompson and Jameson Crowder, however, for those the way that Alex Smith kind of rolls with the dink and dunk. But he is coming off his best statistical season, and he will be paired with Jay Gruden, who is responsible for Andy Dalton and Kirk Cousins' best statistical years. But he is such a candidate for regression this year, Johnny. And I think you're going to really just echo my point here
0: that it's it's not looking good for Alex Smith this year. I definitely agree. I'm truly worried for Alex Smith and his fantasy value. He goes to a worse offensive line, essentially he goes from a ton of weapons down to two to three. Some people love Jordan Reed. I don't really like Jordan Reed this year. I don't think they'll use him the same way that they use Travis Kelsey in Kansas city where they moved him all around last year was the first year where Alex Smith has thrown over 4,000 yards and 25, uh, 25 touchdowns first time in his career. So I do not like the, um, where he's going. I don't like the fact that he doesn't throw into tight coverage. So to me, I have a, a huge downgrade to the outside wide receivers because we've seen it last year that they're not very good at getting that separation. And then, I do see an uptick, though, for Chris Thompson. Like you said, that's that's Jameson only Crowder, maybe. Yeah, Jamison Crowder. I do, I do think that I like him because he actually can create a lot of separation when you look at his percentages uh, from last year. So that's a guy that I do do like deep in drafts. But other than that, I'm I'm truly down on Alex Smith here. All right, so that is the end of our show. That wraps up our quarterbacks from 11 through 20. We just want to reiterate a little bit of fantasy advice here for when you're in your draft. As we touched on, we have gone through all these quarterbacks and debated through this episode. It just goes to show how deep the the quarterback uh, play, players are and how you can trust any of those guys and how it's important to wait on fantasy quarterback and fantasy production. And this is why I tell you this is because when you look at last year, I looked up some stats here, Travis. When you look at the difference between Russell Wilson, who was the number one ranked quarterback last year, and then you look at Case Keenum, who was the number 14 ranked quarterback, and he wasn't even drafted in any leagues. He wasn't drafted at in a single league. And that makes that's a difference of 102 fantasy points. Then you look at the number one uh, fantasy running back, and that was Todd Gurley, and then you look at the number 14 ranked quarter, uh, wide uh, running back. And he scored a hundred or 144 points. So that's a difference of 174 points. So that's why it's so important to wait on quarterback. And at least in my, in my eyes, Travis, you might have a little bit different opinion, but to me taking a quarterback early, unless it's Aaron Rodgers, and you can get him in a third or fourth round, it's a definite downgrade to your roster in my eyes, because you can make that up and the, the point differential is not as much at the end of a, a draft for quarterbacks.
1: Yeah, I, I agree 100%. For the most part, if you take a guy like Aaron Rodgers or you know uh, Cam Newton or Russell Wilson, you have to be right almost with the way they're going in these drafts. Whereas mm-hmm. if you were to draft a running back, and uh, basically you would be able to return that value a lot easier. And like you said, 174 points between first and 14th running back, that's a a clip at about a little over uh, 10 points a game that can easily win you a fantasy matchup, especially when you are in a contested and a contested league where everybody kind of knows what they're doing. So wait on quarterback. Continue to watch mock draft Monday. The YouTube series is out now. It'll be up every Monday and you would, you would be wise to wait on quarterback.
0: Absolutely. All right. Thank you so much for watching the show. And if you haven't already, please go like our Facebook page. If you're watching this, then go ahead and do it right, right after the show. that will be awesome. And subscribe on YouTube. As we just said, the Mock Draft Mondays will only be on YouTube. They will not be on Facebook Live as well as get our latest podcast on iTunes, Stitcher or Google Play. Just search the Fantasy Whispers podcast or go to the fantasywhispers.com. Until next Tuesday. I'm Johnny Game Time Hicks, and that's Big Travi, and we're out. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Whisperers podcast. You can hear more from John and Travis on Google Play, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at TF Whisperers.